Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The East, you know, I mean, the top, you know, five, six, you know, it's all two, three games out. You know, a lot of teams are playing really well. Uh, so we just, you know, have to finish strong. You know, obviously we, we, we have a game home, then we go West and, uh, but you know, you have to play against the best teams, uh, to, to get there to, and for us, it's important that we do that. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be tied on to all the way until the end. Uh, we, we had a very good start to the season. Hopefully we can finish strong so we can be in a good spot going to the playoffs. Vooch! Nikola Vucevic after... The Bulls beat the Detroit Pistons, which they must, they needed to. It was a must win. They needed to. And that brings us to tonight, where they must beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday Suckage, Steve Rosenblumman, Trash Panda, Adam Studzinski over hey, there. Hey, hey, Steve, hey. before we get into this, hey. we have we have some, some mild breaking news from Schefter, who does not get the first name Adam anymore. I've removed him from the court of Adams. Uh-huh. But from Schefter... Breaking news on the score brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo privacy simplified. According to Schefter, the Cowboys are finalizing a trade to send Amari Cooper and a six-round pick to the Browns for a 2022 fifth round and a six-round pick. So the Bears don't have the capital to do that. But he was, Amari Cooper was talked about as a target because they were looking to, okay, well, Maybe Ryan Poles will just bust in there and say, we're all in on him. No, that was the other Ryan. <laughs> okay. Moving right along, tonight, 645, Chuck's pregame show, Bulls, Cavs. The Bulls had went into Detroit, and they had to beat the Pistons. They just had to, had to, had to. They were playing good teams. They lost to all of them. They had a losing streak that had been at five games. Could not go on. They are playing the Cavs tonight at the United Center. The Cavs lost last night. In Miami, they are playing the second half of a back-to-back on the road. The Bulls are, I guess, as fresh as they can be. Rick Camp, who joins us now on the Scores Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. This is a must-win for the Bulls. Yay? Nay? It's pretty important. I I think that's... Pretty fair to say, considering where they are in terms of the Eastern Conference standings, jockeying for position, probably to be whether you face a team like Boston in a 4-5 or one of those top three, whether it's uh, Miami, Milwaukee, or Philly in a first-round series. So I think probably about as close to a must-win, just kind of looking at the schedule the rest of the way, this is at least circumstantially because of, like you mentioned, the second night of a back-to-back from Miami, about as good of a time as you'll ever see Cleveland and with Jared Allen out as well. So, yeah, the Bulls should get this win. But I've got a DeMar DeRozan nugget for you that 
Uh, I had honestly forgotten that I had written down somewhere. So uh, I found it this morning when I was doing my betting prep and hey, might as well throw it out there. Steve, do you know, or studs, do you know the last time the Bulls won a game when DeMar DeRozan did not score 30 plus points? Oh, do you have a guess, Steve? Um, I'm going to say in the Jordan era. <laughs> so is that, that's a good guess. They haven't. I'm going to guess maybe December. Not that bad. February 1st against Orlando. And in that game, he had 29. <laughs> so well, <laughs> you're technically correct. Yes. So what I, does that have to do with the over and under about what, where did he open today in points? Uh, I actually haven't even looked at his number because I have no interest in playing it. Why? Rick, you could lose you could lose your degenerate card by uh, not playing that. Twenty nine and a half is the number. Oh, well, that's perfect. That's the last that was the last number he didn't score thirty, right? Twenty nine yeah. and a half. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I'm I'm not going for that one. Um, but I think it's interesting that the Bulls are still taking it takes this much from DeRozan. It took him coming back in early from his rest last game against Detroit and scoring 36 for them to get a six-point win over the Detroit Pistons, who, mind you, playing a lot better lately. Tough to play much worse than they were before. Yeah, but they were, they were they'd won six of their last eight going into that game. But it's just a sign of just how little uh, you know margin for error the Bulls have at this point, and especially with the tough schedule that hopefully getting Mate Caruso back maybe tonight, maybe... Next game against Sacramento on the road trip, that'll help out a decent amount, but it's tough to know what to expect from him or Patrick Williams when he's able to come back. So, yeah, if you can get a team that's down on their luck a little bit at the moment, it's pretty critical to get those wins when you can. Can't be something that's been bugging me. Well, not just me, but all Bulls observers in the last, I, I don't know, month or two is the lack of being able to get a rebound on when they're on defense they in there's at least one of those games where they lost against the good teams that they can't beat that if they'd have just been able to get it get it get a rebound on the defensive end once or twice here or there they probably could have won the game so can you explain or do you know why it's so difficult for them to prevent offensive rebounding I think part of it does go back to as much as you maybe don't think of Caruso or Ball for that reason, they're both pretty solid rebounding guards. So when you have those guys willing to crash in a little bit to get the defensive boards, like that matters. That absolutely matters for the Bulls. And then when those guys were healthy, they also had less possessions ending in shots anyway because the Bulls were top five and uh, turnover rate forced. So that meant you had obviously just less shots because there were less, there were more possessions ending in turnovers. Like I'm looking at the Bulls numbers right now, and in the last two weeks, at least basically since the All Star break, they're 19th in terms of allowing offensive rebounds uh, for the opponent. So essentially, their defensive rebounding rate is a little subpar. Which, considering what it had been when they were successful, it was it was pretty darn good. So that's it's a marked drop again. Another thing on the defensive end where they've dropped a good amount. So even when they're getting those stops, but man, it just feels like a lot of those offensive rebounds they're allowing 
are off of three pointers and the ball lands in that between the free throw line and the three point line area. That's a spot where you could always see a guy like Alex Caruso cutting across, reading the ball off the rim or Lonzo ball would be there for something like that. So for those specific types of rebounds, I think that matters. And it's also just a function of still a lack of size because I don't put missing those rebounds necessarily on someone like Vooch. A lot of it comes down to the other guys, your wing players, maybe not necessarily reading the ball well off the rim or making the necessary type of effort to get those boards. Talking with Rick Camp, talking Bulls basketball here. Rick is a voice of the Bulls postgame show. The pregame show, Chuck's broadcast starts at 645 on these very airwaves. The score, 645, Chuck Swirsky. Bill Wennington will call the game at 7. Bulls, Cavs, and you could see at the end of the Detroit game, and Zach Levine, God bless him. He's just going to play no matter what. And he's it's sort of he's going to be the Black Knight from Monty Python. He's going to you know where he's going to lose an arm or a knee and just a flesh wound, just a flesh wound. No, come back here, come back here. We'll call it a draw. Yeah, and and he will have no limbs and he will still be fighting to play. He is bless him one of those guys that has to be leashed and has to be overseen and has to be sat down for his own good. Does he need to be sat down? Because he's listed on the the injury report as questionable against the Cavs, he and Caruso. Jasunmu and Vucevic are listed as probable. Is this something that you think the Bulls need to risk sitting him down to make sure he's ready for the playoffs? Or is that too big of a risk and now you're in the play-in part of the playoffs? I tend to think they're they're okay for avoiding the play in at this point because Toronto is not playing well enough to make up that kind of ground. As I'm looking at it right now, it's four games between the Bulls and the Raptors. So for the Bulls, even with this schedule to lose four games to Toronto over that period of time would be pretty surprising, but I just don't think they can sit down uh, Levine the way they would want to. In terms of, I'm sure if, if they had their druthers, they would shut him down for a week or two and make sure that, you know, at least get him to a higher percentage. He's not going to get to 100 or anything like that, but get him at least a little bit of rest. But until they get guys back, and even when they do, they're not going to be able to sit him down for maybe a game here, a game there, you know, one part of a back-to-back, something along those lines. And that's the same thing with DeRozan. They've mentioned, like Billy Donovan's mentioned, how they want to keep an eye on everybody's minutes. But at this moment, considering the playoff push that they're on, they just can't afford to do that the way they would want to right now. So I think they're going to they're gonna absolutely have to find spots, and I'm sure Levine's knee is probably going to tell them sometimes what those spots are, whether they're swelling or whether it's just you know barking at him enough where he has to be like, listen, I, I just straight can't go today. It's going to have to happen at some point, but it's not going to be an extended thing like, it probably should be and credit to Levine for pushing through it as much as he is. He's had a couple of really solid performances, but yeah, it's tough to see him out there trying to do what he needs to do for them. But just knowing that certain points that whether it's the back or, or the knee, it's just not there. I'm curious how much you think the return of Caruso of and eventually ball. And then, and you know, even Patrick Williams can really improve them. And I, I know that we've, I, I don't know how many people keep saying, you know, that helps on the way, helps on the way, helps on the way. And you, what you were talking about when I asked you about rebounding, it sounds like you think that 
Ball and Caruso being back can improve, especially their lawn rebounding. But how much do you think they can really help turn things? And when I say turn things around, I say get things back to what they were doing before this tough stretch in a four game, five game losing streak. I, I think they're going to help a decent amount because of nothing else for when you're thinking the remainder of the regular season, those guys being back and being able to take back at least some of their minutes takes guys that are at the bottom end of your rotation and cuts them out. So that's another way to think about it. Like Troy Brown's played a little bit better lately. He's been a little more consistent sh- hitting some shots, but if he's having a bad night, you don't have to stick with him for 15 to 20 minutes. You know, if he has a really bad four or five minute stretch and you're like, nope, had enough of this, you can afford <laughs> to sit him down and not deal with that. Like that was part of the thing before like Kobe White came back and things like that, where it was, oh God, you have to suffer through these Matt Thomas minutes because there was nobody else to take the spot. Now, in theory, when those guys come back, there'll be people to take those spots. Might not be the same skill set. It might create some different friction in terms of other aspects of the game. But getting just better players back is is going to help in that regard. And then just what they're able to do defensively. I don't necessarily think they can get back to what they were before everything happened because obviously there's so many more factors playing into it at this point. Mm-hmm. But just the fact of getting Caruso and his smarts back on the court, especially defensively. I brought up this, I think last last night when I was on. I, you know, you don't remember half the things you say like the second you leave the oh, studio. Yeah. It's, it's all blur. You're talking yeah. to a guy over here, <laughs> studs, who does overnight, so he really doesn't remember. I'm not even he was sure what day giving it is. out his family's landline number. That's what yeah. he was giving out. So yeah, yeah, he <laughs> thought he was giving out the phone number. He gave out his social security. Number, yeah, I'm sure. At some yeah. point, <laughs> it's like. When did I get? Hey. Why are all these princes from yeah. different African countries emailing me? Why do right. I? Have, um, why is my Liberia. credit crap all of a sudden? I don't understand what's going on. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get that yacht. I got the smaller <laughs> yacht. Uh, <laughs> but with with Caruso, I brought up the example of there were times where pick and rolls happening and Vooch's guy or, or the the big man, whoever is in, whether it's Thompson or, or whoever, whoever the big man is, they're going up to set a screen for the ball handler. And what Caruso would do is because obviously they were trying to get the big man in space and get them one-on-one is Caruso would communicate and be like, Hey, you take my guy, I'll get up in the action. So then if nothing else, if the opponent's hell bent on getting Vucevic or whoever the big is at the moment involved in whatever action it is, it's going to take them more time. They're going to have less time on the shot clock to be able to do that. Or they just continue with the action they were going to run anyway. And Caruso was there to switch. So like those kind of smarts and even just it's nebulous and it's hard to know exactly what it means and how much it helps. But having that dude, that's clearly the leader on defense that tries that hard, that does help everybody know where they have to go. That's going to help out at least a decent amount because DeRozan and Levine have such an offensive load that they have to carry that while you like, I like to crack jokes on their defense from time (laughs) to time, just from time to time. Definitely not all the time, not every time, yeah, not every time that they have a lot to do offensively where you need other people to pick up some of the slack defensively. So that's just kind of what it is. And those guys can do a little bit of that. And that's going to make Vooch's job easier too. So, Oh, I'm sorry, Steve. No, go ahead. I, I, I want to follow up on that and, and ask when they do get these guys back, specifically Lonzo ball. What do you think that does to IO's minutes? Because we've seen, I think this season that he deserves to be on the floor 
but Lonzo Ball is the better player. Of course, he's going to get the more minutes, and you know Caruso being back as well would would hurt. But I, I I'm wondering what you think we see for Io getting into the game once those guys are back. It's definitely going to cut into his minutes. There's no doubt. And this is assuming when they come back. And for Lonzo, we still don't know when that's going to be. We don't have a great indication. Uh, assuming those guys get back and they're starting to look at least like mostly normal for what we expect from them. I think Io's minutes are definitely going to get cut. But I think whose minutes are going to get cut the most is probably a guy like a Javante Green or a Derek Jones Jr., because at that point, and mind you, this is kind of like doubling down on their rebounding issues. I think the Bulls are going to play smaller at that point, and you might see a little more DeRozan at the four, Levine at the three, and then two of those guards out there. Whether, you know, of the of basically the four or five guys that the Bulls can throw out there, you're going to see three of them out there at a time when it comes to the playoffs. Now, that's going to cause it's a whole ripple effect if it's going to have other issues defensively and whatever. And that's a whole thing for a different day when you know a playoff matchup. But that's probably what it's going to be. Like, Io doesn't need to be playing 30 plus minutes. Like, he's had some stinkers lately where it's you can just tell the guy's kind of gassed. He need he needs a little bit of time. And like I mentioned before, of like if he's having one of those games where for whatever reason he's a little passive, you can pull him off the court. You don't need him to be the dude and rely on him that much. He's been so much better than a 38th pick ever should be as a rookie. But when you're talking about playoff rotations, those get cut down real quick. So I I think it's more going to be if Javante Green's not going to be willing to shoot anymore from the corner, that's going to be a guy that could get cut. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., that's a guy whose minutes could get cut if they don't want to play him at the backup center, which I actually think they should play him at backup center a little more. Talking with Rick Campbell's Cavs. Chuck's pregame show, 6.45 tonight, tip-off at 7, the post-game show. And we, you know, it's recency bias, Rick, with the Cavs in tonight, and and Karis LeVert is also not playing. Jared Allen is also not playing. And and the Bulls need to win this game. They have every, the Cavs are on the back-to-back, on the road, second game of a back-to-back. The, the recency bias of seeing the Cavs come in coming out of Miami which is just a tremendous a well-coached team as the Bulls know and 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 disciplined team and a physical team the Caruso factor for me looks like this when Cleveland turns the ball over 18 times and gets outscored 30 to 10 for me that's a Caruso factor he makes those things happen which minimizes your rebounding you know you re- re- minimizes the the, the if you go small, it's just stuff that doesn't require being covering all 94 feet of the floor. You can catch them a little higher than that. I don't know what the metric is to do that, but for me, that's a Caruso factor. Am I just wishing this into existence? Am I imagining stuff that really wasn't there? No, I think that's absolutely Caruso type stuff like that. That's the type of thing that he's going to help out with. So, I think that's a hundred percent fair to think that those things will improve with him. And, but it, it's still, he's, he's, he's a guy that's coming off the bench and he'll probably be a close. He'll, he'll probably be a guy that's in the closing five for the bulls, because I could only assume the closing five for the playoffs would be uh, Lonzo ball, Alex Caruso, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic. Like that's gotta be your closing five. And, unless you have some crazy matchup. And I mean, if, if, if it's 
Milwaukee. Like, let's say the Bulls are the six and they take on Milwaukee, who's the three or something like that. Well, then you're going to have a Giannis problem anyway. So I don't know what you're going to do there. And honestly, you're, pro- you're probably screwed if that ends up being the case anyway, even though the Bulls have played Milwaukee decently well so far this year. But I, I do think that that stuff is on Caruso. Like, that's more what you think of for him. But it's also, like, at least in the immediate, like, if we're talking, assuming he plays tonight, I don't know how many minutes he's going to end up playing. And then also, you're asking a guy that's been out for this long Mm -hmm. to basically be full tilt back where he was. Maybe his conditioning is pretty good, but it's still those live reps. So, but one thing with tonight specifically, if he's out there, Darius Garland is a player. He is so good. So to have a guy like Caruso to be able to, you know, make his life more difficult as opposed to IO who's shown the ability from time to time to get torched against really good guards. That would be incredibly nice to have for tonight because Garland's putting up double doubles, like 25 plus points and 10 assists pretty consistently now. And that's a guy where if John Morant wasn't doing crazy John Morant things, Mm -hmm. Uh, Darius Garland to be the most improved player in the league. Yeah, Garland had 24 and 10 assists last night in the loss to Miami, and Cleveland's lost 7 of 10, so the Bulls have to win tonight. But the, the pressing issue, the most important issue, is the question for Rick Camp, who is one of the um, co-founders and co-large men of the I'm Fat podcast. This was broached on Good Morning Football. Kyle Brandt had tweeted out what chain restaurant Will you go to war for Culver's Culver's? I knew that was going to be your answer. See, I didn't because I, Kyle Brandt, I'm, I'm, ever, I'm right heard, with him with Fogo to Have you ever heard Meet Rick Camp talk about Culver's though? I, I've, I've heard him romanticize it. I've heard him mm-hmm. fetishize it. I know all of that. We've had it. We've done that on that show. I guess I'm, I'm still surprised when given all, but, but it came like bang, huh? Yeah, well, I guess I I always default because for the podcast, a lot of times we are we default to um to fast food. Mm-hmm. So I defaulted to fast food, and I think it's 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 the best uh, fast food chain out there. I haven't had anything that I feel like okay, they kind of skimp on the quality of this this item because I mean you could go spicy chicken sandwich, you could go butter burger. Uh, in terms of the sides, if you go with the, if you're a big crinkle cut fry guy, they got those right there for you. Mm. Uh, the cheese curds, the pretzel bites are underrated and obviously the custard is good. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to go wrong at Culver's and I've heard, I'm not a big fish guy, but I've heard, especially this time of year that their, uh, their fish sandwiches are, are pretty great. So just to just, because this is serious stuff, I want to, <laughs> I, I want to, I want to share this with you. Rick, this is from J.J. Watt, a man after your own heart attack, that his wife is mad at him, and he tweeted out, just hit me with this line, Culver's ice cream. She specifically called this ice cream because she hates when I, she knows I hate it when she calls it ice cream, is no better than McDonald's soft serve. Wisconsin, Wisconsin folks know that crossed the line. Well, how are you even supposed to get McDonald's ice cream? It's never working. It's never first worked, of all. Right? <laughs> but the fact that it was it was Culver's, it's like you brothers brothers in cholesterol. That's where you are. <laughs> yeah, that's um that's why I don't trust athletes with a lot of my food takes. No, well he's because... okay with that. It's his wife who's just a dig. He was 
He, I he, know. He was his, defending but his, Culver's but his, concrete. I, I know he is, but his wife is a professional athlete. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. Mm. You know, that, right. yeah, she's just wrong. Saying that to someone from Wisconsin, too. Culver's is big up yeah, there. That's, that's yeah, that's that's pretty exactly rough. why she yeah. did that. She's, you know, that's uh, that's it. That's by exactly. the way, to the uh, to the liars and the two, two, four and the eight, one, five on the text line that are that are besmirching the <laughs> spicy chicken sandwich from Culver's. How dare you, sirs? You are <laughs> wrong. Do you know who you're talking to? That's right. All right. Rick, thank you. Thanks for, joining. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. All right. Appreciate you guys having me. Rick Camp. Bulls basketball, Bulls Cavs, Chuck's pro skate, pregame show, 645. Chuck and Bill on the call at 7. And Rick on the postgame show. Postgame show will be after the game, hence the name, postgame show. And uh, the Bulls got to win this game. So we come back. Um, we have stuff to talk about, including um, tomorrow. 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 We have to move forwards and backwards, so we'll talk about that. That's what tomorrow's all about, and then um, other stuff. I don't know what else we have. I think I'd go to war for Taco Bell. I think that'd be my one. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm Okay. For me, it would be In-N-Out Burger, but it really isn't a national chain, but it would be In-N-Out Burger. And uh, I don't know if we have any more people who are listening while being high, but we'll see if the Wake and Bake Club while listening and responding to what Grody said. And we will also replay Steve Stone. Steve Stone was on Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. And uh, much happiness, much encouragement, much expectation for the White Sox. World Series, that's what we're doing this year. That's the way it looks. And explain to you why certain moves have been made and what you can expect from certain players you may have questions about. All that coming up on the score before Saturday's suckage ducks out of here. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up.
sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're bigger than U.S. Steel. Look at you! Hyman Roth's been dying of the same heart attack for 20 years. That was Hyman Roth from The Godfather. Tomorrow, turn your clock back an hour. No, you spring ahead an hour. And turn your spring mind forward, fall for, back. Fall back. I'm always falling back. <laughs> so, you get more sunshine and more complaining about you lost an hour's sleep. So, that's tomorrow. Can't wait. So, you, springing back 50 years, 50 years... Tomorrow, the Godfather debuted. We get the U.S. Steel. Actually, I think that was from Godfather Two. That cut you played. That was. That's what the. That's what it says on the cut. I will openly admit to you now, and for everyone listening on the score, I've oh, never no. seen any Godfather movie. You've just lost your guy card. Yeah, sorry. You're done. You've lost your sports radio card. Uh, oh, well, it's well, mandatory. I don't want to tell you. It's mandatory. You don't need to see three. That, in fact, if you do, you'll also be thrown out of the sports talk I've, radio club. I've, I've it's heard that. Awful. God, I've heard stupid. that three is like Rocky V. I, five, yeah, you can't which, watch. Which, which, which Rocky <laughs> V is not a Rocky movie. It's it's, its own little thing. How do you not see Godfather and Godfather Two? I don't know. My parents never sat me down to watch it when I was growing up, and so by the time I got to college, need it was too late. For that, no, you don't. It's never too late. You watch it, and you 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 come across it at whatever point. You just watch I've it never, to the end. I've never seen a lot of the gangster stuff. I've never seen The Sopranos. Goodfellas, <laughs> never, no, never. Casino. I've seen Casino. Casino's great. I like Casino. Although. Although, if you'd have asked me that question right. like a month and a half ago, I saw Casino for the first time like a month ago. Maybe a month and a half ago. This is sad. And you know what's funny? My girlfriend nothing is the one that funny. put it on. There's nothing <laughs> funny about this. No Godfather. Oh, my God. It's awful. Sorry. This is awful. You all should see <laughs> Steve's reaction awful. right now. <laughs> Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. It doesn't mean anything. See, you don't even speak it. <laughs> Mr. Corleone is a man who need who likes to get bad news immediately. Well, that's why I gave you bad news immediately. I didn't let I could have faked my way through this whole thing. You know that, right? I know you couldn't. You would you would expose yourself at some point. I can point fake my time. way through a lot of stuff. We need fat Clemenza up here. You know what? We're gonna need <laughs> to we're gonna need to tape a gun up behind the Behind the water, <laughs> the water closet. Oh my God! I don't want my brother coming out of there with his. I can't say that. Neither could AMC. See, this part of knowing what was said when Sonny's talking to Fat Clemenza, and and I don't want my brother coming out of there with his a stick in his hand is what AMC made them recut because 
AMC hmm. wasn't willing to replay the raw, unexpurgated version. This is really sad. Well, I I can only say I'm sorry so many times. So I don't. If it's required, then I yeah, guess you're done. I mean, <laughs> you suck even for Saturday suckage. You've taken it to a new level. Oh my god! I'll try to put it on the list to watch. All right. So last weekend was the 24th anniversary of the release of. I assume you've seen this. Do not further embarrass your parents here. The Big Lebowski. I don't even know if my parents have seen Godfather. I really They're don't know. They're not on this show. Okay. The Big Lebowski? Yes, of course I've seen Big Lebowski. Well, don't say of course. You've already exposed yourself as somebody who's wildly ill-equipped to be specific, a guy on the sports talk niche, radio. This specific, like, gangster niche, I just never got into those. No. Big Lebowski I got into. You know, it should be required viewing for whoever gets these jobs. <laughs> to be in this business, you have to know this. Well, they didn't ask me that in my interview. No, they didn't. Did you even get an interview? For the score? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't know. There are times I wonder if they even bothered. BMAC was the first guy I talked to, Brendan McCaffrey. That's how long ago it was. Actually, funny you ask, speaking of anniversaries, the anniversary of my first shift on the score is uh, St. Paddy's Day, so five days from now. It'll be four years. How did you end up starting on that day? Were all people calling in puking? I don't know. Well, because that was... St. Paddy's was a Saturday, and my first shift was working the overnight Friday into Saturday with Chris Dickens. Chef. Yes. You're working with the chef. Yes. So he showed me the ropes. That was my first shift. St. Paddy's. It was so specifically 1 to 6 a.m. on St. Paddy's Day. So you were still <laughs> then show I got, up at 1 a.m. I, I got three hours. No, I showed up at like 1130, I think. Okay. And then I got, after the shift, I went home and slept for like three and a half hours, woke up, and drank my... Because it was St. Patty's Day now, and my friend said, hey, come over. It's St. Patty's Day. So I got about three hours of sleep, woke mm -hmm. up, spiked my coffee, and went to my friend's house. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so how many years ago was that? That was four years ago. Congratulations on your upcoming anniversary. Yeah, I'm graduating high school. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're not. Because you failed the Godfather. You failed Godfather 2. You failed Goodfellas. It's really just a sad damn thing. Oh, sorry. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. I'm actually not sorry. I've never had a desire to watch it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to piss you off now. I just want everybody listening to to celebrate um the upcoming anniversary of his last show here <laughs> because that's gone on. You know, we we we're the mom show because we talked about Sweet Alice and Gene Grody was here. And uh we're Oh, the and my mom did confirm she's seen The Godfather. See? Where is this Sweet Alice should be producing this show? But she's got to run rain on uh, ride rain on um, on shooter. Has he has he added to his pelt collection? Is he? Is I haven't heard Sweet any. Alice. I don't think us? so. Well, I was telling you during one of the breaks the the, the it's not as it's big not of a, a problem during the yeah, yeah during the winter. You know they're not because the, especially because the the garden doesn't have anything in it, so there's nothing. They're sticking to the woods this time of year. Okay. Well, we we were the mom show, and we we are the mom show, the Wake and Bake Club, and Saturday Suckage, and um. The Mondegreen show as well. And Mondegreen, as we were discussing last week, some of the more, some of the better known ones. Mondegreen is a, a, a misheard lyric, song lyric. So we brought up one last week that was the, probably the most, the best known, I don't know if we say most famous, but it was Elton John's. 
Hold me closer, Tony Danza. Tony Danza, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. I so, do know at least one friend of mine that did, that 100% thought that was the line. That was the line. Yeah. Right. Well, it would gain fame. The reason I guess it would be the most famous is it was Phoebe on Friends sang it. And and so it, it gained a much broader popularity. There have been other misheard lyrics that people have, have traded throughout the years, but that was the, the, the best. So Courtney Cox is telling E, she's got a new show out, The Shining Veil. Courtney Cox, played Monica, is talking about she actually had Ed Sheeran over for dinner and Ed Sheeran's friend by the name of Elton John joined them. <laughs> Just and <there>. she wanted <laughs> to learn that song. She she got a crash course in from a piano teacher and she did sing for Elton John at this dinner party at her place. Out goes the piano teacher. In comes Elton John and Ed Sheeran and Brandy Carlisle, and they do that. And they sing the Mondegree. They they sing Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. That's pretty cool. I just wanted to follow that up. I like that. All right, Saturday Suckage. um, And and nothing could suck more than we're being... Writing sidecars. The guy's never seen Godfather. I'm just stunned that you got in the building at all. All right. So at least say something positive like Bulls basketball, 645 tonight on the score. It's only positive if they win. No, it's positive they're going to be broadcasting on the score. There you go. 640 Chuck's pregame show, 645. Tip off at 7 right here on the score. We'll take a break. We will come back with Steve Stone. He was on Inside the Clubhouse. He was talking about the Sox and why you should be talking about the Sox and talking about the World Series in the same breath again. Steve Rosenblum and the sadly lacking Trash Panda. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Welcome in, welcome back. Yes, several textures got us with the, uh, hit us up with the other popular Mondegreen, misheard song lyrics, Credence, Bad Moon Rising. There's a bathroom on the right. See, I never heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's one of the more famous. We have we have others. We can we can bring them to you later. But now, here's what we're going to bring you. We're going to bring you thank you. Thank you Trash Panda for writing Shotgun here and expose, You're welcome. exposing yourself You're welcome. as Yes. As a fraud. Never seen The Godfather's and oh my god. And your mom has Sweet Alice has, so you better catch up to her. I want to thank uh, Megan Montemurl, who joined us, talking Cubs, and Mark Rohde, who is on the show, but not on the show, but he was on the show, talking bears and cats and overnights, and Rick Camp, who is defending Culver's. And and that's the that's who we would go to war for, and the Bulls go to war tonight. Pre-game show, Chuck, is on at 6.45, tip-off at 7. Earlier today, Steve Stone was on the... Inside Clubhouse show with Bruce Levine and David Haw, and he was talking about the Sox. He was talking about the Sox. So we'll bring you that, and if nobody important listened to the show, we'll bring you another version of Saturday Suckage next week. Thank you for listening. Here is Steve Stone on Inside the Clubhouse. How you been, Stoney? Well, I've been waiting patiently to see the day when we would uh, or could announce that there's baseball again, and now we can we can certainly do that. So I think... Everybody who loves this game, uh, 
loves the uh, the tradition of baseball, uh, understands that it's been interwoven into our society for many years. It, it's a very happy time for a lot of folks. And the White Sox are back in camp, and <laughs> that is where they belong, Steve, and, and it's so much fun to be able to talk about something other than the competitive balance tax. So as we turn our attention toward Glendale, Arizona, and we see – the White Sox returning for a season that Rick Hahn says is committed to, obviously, winning it all in 2022. What's your overall general uh, synopsis of where the Sox are at this point and, and what they need to do to put themselves in a better position to do just that? Well, we're going to know a whole lot more when, uh, when this accelerated free agent acquisition period and perhaps a trade or two period ends. But the Sox are starting out with a whole lot more talent than a lot of other teams. And so if you're starting out there, certainly you don't have as far to go as these other other ball clubs that are trying to assemble a great deal of talent. I, I think anybody who has studied the Sox over the last year specifically will realize there's a couple of, couple of things they would like to get. They would certainly like to get a backup catcher. There's a few teams that are looking for those. They would like to get a second baseman. There's a few teams that are looking for those. I think every team would tell you that they'd like to add another pitcher, whether it's in the bullpen or the starting rotation. Uh, I think that a lot of people who feel that the Sox uh, really need an outfielder, I don't think they've taken a look at the potential, at least, of what what Andrew Vaughn looks like, what Gavin Sheets looks like, uh, what Adam Engel plays like when when he is healthy. I think that um, if you – prioritize and the money you're expending you would think that that would be that would be down the road a bit if you use that at all i'd like to see i'd like to see the younger guys have an opportunity to see if they can flourish i think they showed signs last year of being uh being very good at times and uh i love i love the uh the future outlook of andrew vaughn i think that gavin sheets can certainly do a whole lot he gives you a lot of power from the left side so I think that, along with Adam Engel, who is getting better as a hitter and looks to be able to play defense with anybody in the league, I think we're in pretty good shape outfield-wise, but we'll leave that up to Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams. Steve, pleasure having you on, first of all. It's a pleasure having baseball back. What a relief it is to talk about the game that we all love. So thank you for joining us. And my question to you is uh, – having pitched in the big leagues for as long as you did and as accomplished as you did is 24 spring training games, actually 23 spring training days for a pitching staff enough to get ready to throw five or six innings. Once we start playing baseball uh, for the Chicago White Sox on uh, April the 8th in Detroit. Well, Bruce, look, it's not ideal, and and the way I point it out to people is in a non-strike or non-lockout situation, if it was ideal to have a little less than a month of spring training, then they would have had a little less than a month of spring training. But in those situations where there is no work stoppage, they have six weeks of spring training, which I think is ideal for pitchers. And I am hoping, and I think most teams are, one, they're, they're entertaining the idea of a six-man starting rotation. Uh, I played golf yesterday with Joe Madden. The Angels are going to have a six-man starting rotation. I think a lot of teams will go to that. Also, there's a lot of teams that will go to openers. We saw Tampa Bay 
uh, popularize the opener. I think there's a lot of teams that will go to that. They won't ask pitchers to go deep in their starts to at least start the season. But there's something else that people don't think about very much, and that is what we've talked about uh, over the years, which is the dead arm period that comes to pitchers in spring training. It usually comes about the fourth start or so, and what happens is you just don't have the life in your arm that you normally would have. And if you're in spring training and you go through that dead arm period, which every pitcher does, uh, you relax because it's spring training, and you just throw, and, yeah, you don't have the same hop on the fastball. You don't have the same break on the slider or curveball. Nothing really is working for you, but you're in spring training, so you're relaxed. Well, with an accelerated spring training, what's going to happen to a lot of pitchers is they're going to go through that same dead arm period because an arm's an arm. The arm doesn't know about uh, uh, lockouts or strikes or work delays or pushing back or accelerating spring training. The arm is the arm. They're going to go through that dead arm period, only it's going to be in the season. And when it's in the season, you can't really, uh, you can't really relax. It's different. You push yourself, and I'm afraid that there will be some injuries that wouldn't have come had we had a longer spring training. I understand the economics of the situation. However, I also understand what it takes for a pitcher to get entirely ready for what is and I think will be a 162-game schedule. And I fear for the injuries, not only, not only for pitchers, but I fear for some injuries for position players. I don't know how much they were working out. I, I suspect that these guys were working out at various sites around Florida and Arizona. I, I think the position players, certainly the hitters, will be ready to go. Um, but when you go back to the cold weather, and we will go back to cold weather, whether it's April 8th or March 31st, it's still going to be cold in the places where the Sox play. I think that um, – that especially guys who run real well, they have to be careful about first-step acceleration. That's going to be a factor. So will we have injuries? Yes, we will. We always have injuries anyway. But I think the accelerated spring lends itself to a few more injuries that we wouldn't otherwise have. And for contending teams, if they have one of their top two or three starters go down, that's going to be a big problem because it's hard to fill that gap. That's the familiar voice of the great Steve Stone joining us here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Steve, have to ask you about the Carlos Rodon deal. Two years, $44 million with the Giants. Number one, what was your level of surprise? But secondly, at that price, did it make sense for the White Sox to sit out, or do you think that was an affordable price for the White Sox to try to you know, bring Carlos Rodon back? Well, it's a twofold question. Uh, I was I was called by a San Francisco radio station uh, yesterday to comment on that, and uh, I said, "No, if I when I go on the radio, I'm going to go on with a Chicago station first, which is why I'm here and not commenting in San Francisco." But what I said to the guy was very simple. I said, "Look, Carlos is a wonderful guy, and he is a great competitor, and I wish him only the best." However, with Carlos, in any discussion you ever have, it's can he stay healthy? If you take a look at his history, the answer would be no. When he is healthy, he's as good as anybody around. The first half of last year, he was absolutely unbeatable. I mean, I hadn't seen stuff like that for a long time, since maybe Carlton or Guidry from the left side. It was unhittable. That slider was unbelievable. The fastball was, was hopping. Everything was great. But as so often happens with him, he had some physical problems last year. They had to shut him down for a bit. That's a great place to pitch. San Francisco might be a terrific place for him, 
because uh, pitchers excel there. And San Francisco has had a history of bringing in guys who do very well the first year or so, and sometimes they let them go after that. Is it affordable? I don't think the Sox wanted to go $44 million for a couple of years. Uh, I applaud, I believe, Scott Boros is his agent. I applaud him for getting what he got for him. And it certainly gives Carlos a chance to be independently uh, um, wealthy for, uh, for the foreseeable future. But I don't think it's something, personally, I wouldn't have done that. And I really like Carlos. I respect what he can do. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.